Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. From Nashville, the second hour is here. OutKick 360, we're glad you're with us across the OutKick network. Maybe that's in the Upper Cumberland on Sports Radio 104.7. We say hello to our season ticket holders there. Uh, we say hello to Fox Sports Shoals, Muscle Shoals, Alabama, Huntsville, and Florence, Alabama, as well as SOMO Sports Radio in Joplin, Missouri. And if you're watching online, if you're listening to the podcast, we salute you there as well. Crew's all here, except for David Reed, who is back with us tomorrow. The chairman of the board will return. Uh, the man in black is John McClain. Don't know if he's wearing black today or not. We'll soon find out. But he is the retired legend, and he joins us each and every week right here on Outkick 360, hitting all the top NFL headlines. John, hope you're doing well. I am. I'm wearing navy, but it always looks like black. Okay. So thank you for asking. I've taken to calling you the man in blue. He is our white hat. He's wearing the white hat today. Pro he's football e- Hall of everyone's Fame. hero in the Western is John McClain. That's why he's wearing the white hat. John, we've been discussing uh, Kyler Murray. Uh, what do you think of his leverage at this point with the Cardinals coming out of his third year, trying to go to get a bigger deal, heading into his fourth year? as a still somewhat unproven commodity? Well, he didn't, he didn't, <coughs> excuse me, he didn't earn $40 million a year, that's for sure. And I think that, uh, I think he's going to play. He's not going to, these guys say, oh, he won't play this year. As I learned last year with Deshaun Watson, if you don't play, you get fined $40,000 a day. And that is when you miss the mandatory things you're supposed to be present for, and they can't forgive them under the new collective bargaining agreement that they signed last year. So that's why you have what's called hold ends. So he's not going to sacrifice his bonus. His base salary is one point something, but uh, I do not see him getting that kind of contract. He needs to come back like Lamar Jackson and actually play really well from start to finish. DeAndre Hopkins is helpful. They're hoping to get some additions uh, on offense and a draft. And so come back, play better than last season. He was awful in the playoff game. Not exactly the best time to get a contract for $40 million a year. And we don't know what Kyler Murray's agent, Eric Burkhart's asking for, but you know he's not going to be much behind the others. So if I were him, I'd just put a lid on it, come in, play great. And if he doesn't want to, then withhold his services. And then when time comes to avoid that $40,000 a day fine, show up, develop a mysterious back injury or a hamstring or something, and be a hold in. Or have 22 civil cases. That solves everything, apparently. Uh, you still get paid. Uh, John, from, from and I'm joking by that, uh, the, the, the – uh, 
The, the perspective of the Arizona Cardinals here is very intriguing to me because Cliff Kingsbury's on the hot seat. Um, th that's clear based on expectations there. Um, and you also have a situation where there's a fifth-year option decision coming up on, on Murray. Paul did the math. It's going to be like $27 million for year number five. He's getting paid 11 right now going into next season. With all that in mind, it's a, it's a hard decision because now that, that fifth-year option is guaranteed, right, uh, based on the recent CBA. If you pick that up as the former number one overall pick, in my mind, you would be – I think you should go ahead and negotiate long-term if you're going to pay him $27 million in two years. Of course they're going to pick up that fifth-year option, and if they wanted to franchise him two years after that, they'd have him under control for the next four years, and he can set out till kingdom comes, which he's not going to do, or he could come in and do nothing. Then they could suspend him for conduct detrimental to the team, and then you don't get paid, but that gets really ugly, and that's not what teams do. Like, they're trying to figure out Cleveland – what does Baker Mayfield do? One of their longtime reporters called me and said, now tell me exactly how it worked last year with Watson uh, coming to work every day, but being inactive every game. And I did. And Murray, uh, if they go ahead and extend him, that's great. Okay. We want to extend you. What are you worth? What have you earned? Nothing compared to these other top guys. And so I guarantee you his agent's not going to take a contract there's a lot less than them, and he hasn't earned it to be paid among the top quarterbacks. Is it rare in your nearly 50 years covering the NFL, is it rare that you have – I know it's rare having the quarterback represented by the same agent that represents the head coach, but it's, all, it's, it's it more rare that there's a disagreement to this extent that has continued since February 28th when Eric Burkhart put out this statement about his client and continues to say – we're, we're moving forward, uh, not with contract negotiations any longer, but we're moving forward with the expectation that they're either going to extend us or we sit out. He can talk and whine at this time of the year as much as you want, but when it comes down to the you-know-what cutting, yeah. guys are not going to sit out. It doesn't happen anymore. It doesn't. And you just you can't. It's, it's not feasible at all. And, and Kiff Kingsbury's not involved. In these negotiations, that's Michael Bidwell, the owner, Steve Kime, the general manager, is not just that Eric Burkhardt represents Cliff Kingsbury, too. Those guys are best friends. They're roommates at Texas Tech. And so I imagine Kingsbury, he's caught right in the middle. He's worried about all the other players. And until, it's like J.J. Wide said, he doesn't mind him not being there as long as, there, as, long as he's there when the games start. When the games start, he'll be there. Unless he demands, like, Deshaun Watson, I want out. But the difference is the last time people saw Watson on the field, he was fantastic. The last time yeah. we saw Eric Murray, yeah. he was terrible. If Tyler you're, Murray. Yeah. If you're Carolina or Seattle, is it conceivable that you've seen enough out of Kyler Murray and you don't want to wait on next year's draft? You don't like what you see in this year's draft. You see him disgruntled with Arizona that you'd make an offer there and, and think about giving him – not maybe the contract he wants, but something something that would satisfy. Well, there's no way I'll do that with Carolina. Panthers are going to be bad next year. You're going to have two quarterback prospects, C.J. Sproud and Bryce Young, and you never know who else, who are, who are so much better than all the guys this year, so much better than all the guys last year other than Trevor Lawrence. 
And if you need a quarterback, you're in a whole lot better shape next year. And I think people in Carolina would understand what's going on. Now, the key is Matt Rule. Matt Rule, he's the one that has final decision on everything. And I think David Tepper, the owner, who's put him on the hot seat, that he would come to an understanding, okay, if we wait a year and draft a new quarterback, that's fine with me. But realistically, new coach might reap those rewards. And so I, I certainly would not trade for Kyler Murray and give him a huge contract because he hadn't done enough to earn it. John, uh, Kyler Murray's been very vocal about this, e- either through his social media or through his agent with this. Uh, it's a story that does not go away. Meanwhile, the story that is out there but doesn't get a whole lot of movement is Lamar Jackson. He's been the opposite of Kyler Murray in regards to demanding the contract extension. What do you make of what's going on in Baltimore and what's an undercover story because we're not hearing the same news floated and leaked out there in the same manner that we're hearing from the Murray camp? He's obviously not unhappy with his contract and his situation or he would have scrubbed the Ravens from his social media, which I think is just preposterous. (laughs) If you're going to do that, do it the old-fashioned way. Withhold your services. And then when you have to be there to avoid fines, show up and do nothing so they can't find you. But uh, I believe that if Lamar Jackson had an agent, uh, they would have already extended him. He does not. You know, those agents will line up at his door to get him. He's banking that he's going to rebound from an injury plague season. They're going to be better in Baltimore, and he's going to stay healthy, and he's going to play great. And then it might be him that gets a contract for, say, $250 million guaranteed or at least $231 million guaranteed. And uh, people say, man, he was smart. The owner, the general manager, and the coach have all said, We're ready when he's ready. The Lamar Jackson's not ready. And one reason is he's not using an agent. You set up Carolina to be different, obviously, because the coach is is in a hot seat situation. Detroit's different, obviously, going into year two of the Campbell regime. But do you think on, on both of those teams and Atlanta that they are accepting of being bad to a degree this year? Uh, to sort out salary cap situations, to sort out roster situations, to get to next year's draft, and and then conceivably be better in 2023? I think it's like it was in Houston last year. They made – they said, hey, you know, they didn't say we're going to be terrible, but Nick Casario, first-year general manager, said we're undergoing a quote-unquote massive rebuild. Now, we already knew it. Now they're facing phase two next year. They have 11 draft choices this year, 11 next year, nine the year after, two number one picks every year because of the shot Watson trade. And next year they're projected to be $120 million under the cap. And they had serious cap issues when he got here in January 2021. And we think Casario's done a good job. The fans, the media, everybody understands what their goal was. So I think in Carolina and Atlanta, Falcons had terrible cap situation and they're still trying to claw their way out. Carolina didn't. Carolina's got a talent problem and doing what they did with the Jets, multiple picks beginning with a second rounder to get Sam Darnold 
that backfired last year. Now, maybe Sam Darnold will play better in his second season. And a lot of that depends on your coaches. You guys ask about Kyler Murray. Nobody else was going to take him first overall. Cliff Kingsbury did because Kingsbury knew him very well and had an offense that fit his skill set. Now, you go to Carolina, that may not be the case. You know, they may have a different philosophy about a quarterback. But I think the only person that matters is the owner. Doesn't matter what the media says, the fans say, it's what the owner says. And if he understands and goes along with what you're doing and doesn't have illusions of grandeur, then I think that's the best way to approach it. And that's the way it should be in Carolina and Atlanta. John, the NFL is very good at the good old-fashioned internal investigation and hiring big-time heavy hitters to internally investigate their own clubs and the league. The latest now is with Mary Jo White and this investigation into tanking allegations. And what's in the news right now, the Cleveland Browns and what Hugh Jackson alleged as part of the Brian Flores lawsuit when he spoke out in an interview and and talked about tanking with the Browns. Now, I'm going to read you the Browns' statement on the investigation, and I want you to give me your thoughts on this. That's what the Browns had to say. Even though Hugh Jackson recanted his allegations a short time after they were made, it was important to us and to the integrity of the game to have an independent review of the allegations. We welcomed an investigation, and we are confident the results will show, as we previously stated, that these allegations are categorically false. We have fully cooperated with Mary Jo White and look forward to the findings. John, I find this to be an organization that fully understands they are paying Mary Jo White to come back with nothing against the Cleveland Browns or the NFL. What are your thoughts? Well, the NFL determines she's the one to investigate, just as she is heading other investigations. And they said that uh, they're close to concluding the Browns investigation. And as far as Hugh Jackson, he said they did. Then he said they didn't. Now he says they did. And he's not he's not building any credibility. We don't know what he's told her. And you got to have proof. And she's got her hands full with others as well. Now, I don't think squat's going to come out of this investigation of the Browns. Now, they did get the number one pick two years in a row. Those players, Miles Garrett and Baker Mayfield, helped them go to the second round of the playoffs uh, after the 2020 season. And then the injuries plagued them last year, and they didn't. So I don't expect anything to happen on that one. Now, the, the Washington investigation, that's different. Miami, you don't know. I think what's going to happen with Washington, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they don't force Daniel Snyder to sell. Now, just because you force them to do it, you still have to have three quarters of those owners agree. And I've never thought Snyder was exactly a popular owner. If they tried that with some of those owners, like Jerry Jones, there's too many owners beholden to Jerry Jones and friends with him. There's no way they would vote for something like that. Stephen Ross, who knows what kind of uh, credibility he's built up through the years with the other owners, but it's complex. And Miami and Washington are much more complex than one guy, Hugh Jackson, claiming that with the Browns. Paul, you, you have to there, – there is a skill to losing the way Hugh Jackson lost. They were 1-31 yeah, while he John, was head coach. We've said before, he didn't need any directive to lose <laughs> games. He's a terrible coach. And now quarterbacks, they were awful. Their talent was down now. Uh, Saji Brown helped them get some players. 
Then he was fired. Now they're reaping the benefits. But Jackson just did a horrible job. And that's not what they'll say in the findings, but that's what they'll mean. They'll blame it on him and his him and his staff. They were awful. That would be great if the findings were that you Jackson was a terrible coach. Mary Jo White has a short I've got all these documents in front of me. And uh, I've done I've done a lot of interviews. I've done a lot of research. This really took months of my time. And the conclusion is that Hugh Jackson sucks. That's what we found out in this whole investigation. Where is he now? What what school is he at? Uh, Grambling. Grambling. Yeah. And we wish Grambling well. Well, he tried to hire Art Bryles, John, someone you, you're very yeah, familiar with. And that lasted, what, about three days that he was the offensive yeah, then, coordinator at Grambling? Yeah, and then Doug Williams, uh, who still is with Washington, it's, it's funny. He spoke out big time about Art Bryles, but I haven't heard him say anything about all these problems with his team. Well, I'm ready for our Bryles to get an opportunity uh, at some point, to be completely honest. I'm surprised that people have tried to hire him, and it seems like it goes through the process, and then there's a really bad reaction, and And then then they back out 48 hours later. Do you think he's ever going to get any substantial opportunity again, John? No. We're supposed to be a forgiving society, and people believe in second chances, and he's never – gotten one and I understand why, but as soon as his name is linked to a job, whether it's uh, Hamilton in the CFL, Southern Mississippi, Grambling, even when he went to that high school up in West Texas, media from Houston, Dallas, ESPN, they all came out and blasted him, but the school said we're keeping him anyway. And, uh, but no, I don't think he ever will. I think if Art Browse wants to coach again, he's going to have to do it in high school. It's amazing that with with that reaction, and I, I understand where it's coming from, but didn't the NCAA investigation clear him of anything, or uh, and they didn't penalize him or give him a show cause or anything with all this? Yeah, to my knowledge, an, ind- an, in, an independent Baylor investigation did from a company brought outside did as well. He got a buyout. I think it was eleven or fifteen million. But Art Browse is a pariah. No matter where he goes people in the media and fans will just tear him up. And that's why I think he'll never coach again. You know, uh, Hugh Jackson, just going back and doing the math in my head, if he was paid the way Brian Flores claims he was offered to lose games, he would have made $3.1 million (laughs) in his uh, time with the Cleveland Browns. Learner would be broke. (laughs) Yeah. He made 3.1 to lose on top of his current contract. Hugh Jackson is in the tanking Hall of Fame if they had one. He's going to get to Canton one day uh, if they had a Hall of Fame for tanking. Like, man, we, we got to yeah. fire this guy. He's making too much money to lose. We've, we've screwed ourselves. We, we're losing too much. I am the Bill Belichick of tanking. It's, I am, the, I am the, the best at it, like, ever. It's really hard to lose that, that often. Like, even if you're trying to lose, it's hard to lose that way. Uh, and Paul, you look we, at the quarter, excuse me, yeah. Jonathan, if you look at the players he had and the quarterbacks he right. had, it's understandable how bad they were. Right. And it, and it wasn't until they got Baker Mayfield where they had a legitimate quarterback and took them forever to make that decision. And remember when they drafted Mayfield first overall, that was a surprise. John Dorsey, the GM did that. He kept it quiet to right before the draft. And I'm pretty sure if they had to redo it, they would have gone to another quarterback. But, um, and the thing with Miami, it's different, but when you're going to accuse an organization of tanking, you better have something beyond your word. You better have proof. Flores' lawyers claim that he does. I can't wait to see if he does. 
because that would be catastrophic for Stephen Ross. But I'm guessing Hugh Jackson uh, doesn't have any evidence. John McLean with us. You can follow him on Twitter if you're listening to him now, at McLean underscore on underscore NFL. More NFL discussion when we return, including the big money being paid to the top wide receivers. There's that top shelf where guys have received these maximum contracts. Not maximum, but the the most we've ever seen at the position. And then there's just that next tier. Maybe not second tier, but next tier of guys who are going into year number four with their teams, eligible for contract extensions, and they're making the money play right now. We'll get John's take on this four-pack specifically of wideouts when we return on Outkick 360. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Outkick 360 rolls on from 6th and Peabody. Yeehaw Beer, Old Smoky Moonshine with us. John McClain there as well. Talking NFL headlines with at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. Another 15 minutes of NFL discussion. John, should Baker Mayfield have shown up for the Browns to make things complicated and uncomfortable for them to force their hand? I think that would have stirred up a little, you know what, Paul? That would have been fun for the media, wouldn't it? Hell, it's voluntary, as we all know. He knows he's not going to be there. And so I think it probably did them a favor by him not being there. I know last year when Deshaun Watson wanted to be traded, we didn't see him at all till the offseason. And then we wondered, would he show up for training camp when you start to get fined? And he did show up the first day, and it was a circus for the first week, and then it kind of died down. So I'm guessing Mayfield knows they're trying to move him. What would be really complicated is if they can't or don't or nobody wants him, then what do they do? Do they do a Watson deal? Okay, come in, do this. You'll get paid. You'll be inactive. You won't be around anywhere on Sundays, and he would agree to do it because he'd get paid his $18 million, which he's going to get no matter where he goes. John, what am I missing with Baker Mayfield, uh, former number one overall selection? I know it's surprised at the time. He's played in Cleveland, played through an injury last year up until the point where they were eliminated from the playoffs, then elected to get the shoulder surgery. They're, they're, they, they've got uh, Geno Smith, 
out in Seattle. Um, I, I'm, I'm thinking, why is there an outside team next Thursday at the draft that we're going to see make a move for Baker Mayfield? What what where's the disconnect between 31 teams and Baker? One thing that's very interesting through this entire process is uh, have you seen anybody come to his defense? Anybody in that organization, any of his teammates go on social media and defend him and think that he's he's getting screwed? No, not one person that anybody knows has gone on there and said, we got your back. We love you, man. You know, you're part of the team. None. And I think that's very telling. It was Chris Mortensen, I think, at ESPN at the end of the season, said they're looking for a quote-unquote adult in the room. And I know he's not real popular there among media and some fans and some people in the organization for whatever goes on behind the scenes. But two years ago, he threw 3,800 yards, and they got farther than they've been since Bernie Kosar was there in the playoffs. And um, – actually since Bill Belichick got to the second round in his one year making the playoffs. But you see how far back that goes. So I think that um, there's things we don't know that you don't see on the field. He's tough. He's enthusiastic. He's really good in TV commercials. But there's something there. Why wouldn't the Seahawks? And the internet froze up there a bit. Uh, we'll, we'll reconnect with John in just a moment. Yeah, and we'll fade him down, so we'll reconnect. Um, I'm, I'm curious about this, guys, because it's a good point about no support from his from no his support. Teammates. But but I mean, what are they what said are we weren't supposed the, to say publicly, though. Well, but when they said the report was the report from Mortensen was the adult in the room. John's right. I remember thinking at the time, are we talking about, uh, are we talking about Johnny Manziel or Baker Mayfield here? Yeah, the players like, there, Chad. It wouldn't have been unusual for a player to say. Baker wasn't a problem in our locker room, or I'm I'm wishing the best for Baker after this trade or anything like that. Well, I just don't know many Cleveland Browns players that are as vocal as Taylor Lewan or AJ Brown on social media. So I don't know someone who's talking a lot about anything inside the locker room. No, but I there. think that would have been an occasion where a guy but, even uh, who doesn't not, say but much. But they're not going to do that now. Down. They've got Deshaun not Watson. Now, not now, but at the moment of the trade, you would have said, "Hey, happy to have Deshaun, but wishing the best for Baker." That, that wouldn't have been a, a complex or, just, or disruptive tweet. He's not Carson Wentz. I mean, what we heard no, about Carson, being Wentz like Carson Wentz. No, but but that's what we're saying. He's being treated like Carson Wentz. Well, even Carson Wentz was traded. John, even well, Carson I, Wentz, who was a malcontent, uh, not a malcontent, but trouble, uh, 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 not a leader, he was traded. It was a team that wanted Carson Wentz. That, and that's my point. That's why it's weird to me that Carson Wentz has a home, but Baker Mayfield doesn't. And I've got a story here where he was defended by an anonymous Browns teammate <laughs> on March 19th. Uh, anonymous Browns player told uh, Aditi, and I'm not going to try the King last Kalama. name of, of uh, NFL Network, that Mayfield was, quote, a true warrior, had nothing but praise to the quarterback. However, the player also admitted that the NFL is a cutthroat league, particularly at the QB position. But you can't take that on the record. When have we, when, <laughs> when have we seen fierce that, that guy that, support a teammate, but he can't put his name on it? That's but, what John's saying. But, Paul, I mean, if, the, if the, your employer is getting rid of a guy and bringing in another guy, it's pretty smart business not to be the guy who comes out and says, I, I, I can't believe it. This guy's a true warrior and a fierce competitor. He's great. Oh, well, you, you throw in front of that. I'm happy we have Deshaun, but – 
I wish Baker well, and he was all of these things. That wouldn't be John, frowned upon. But how, how did it go when A.J. Brown said that the best leader ever played was Marcus Mariota? Well, if he couched it better, it would have been fine. Well, then, but well, it also you're, you're, doesn't have to couch it. He can also just believe that and say it. I would rather a guy be truthful. I, I agree. Just stick with yeah, it. Don't delete, don't, delete, don't delete the tweet. But my point is, if you're the Browns players, you're seeing a lot of that. So I think that I'm not going to sit here and start the show by saying A.J. Brown should delete social media and then come out here and say, I can't believe Browns players aren't loading up their Insta page with support for Baker Mayfield. John, you said uh, the adult in the room. That was the, the report by Mortensen. I, I remember that. And I, I told the guys when your internet froze, I, I said, uh, man, it, it, are we referring to Johnny Menzel or Baker Mayfield here? By the way, Aditi Kinkamala doesn't know how to pronounce Chad like either. <laughs> um, uh, nor should she, John. <laughs> uh, and, and I'm not, uh, that thing about an anonymous player, that's ridiculous. Yeah. And it, way back, way back after the season. Hey, you can blame crazy. Aditi for that. She's the one with uh, the report. <laughs> How tough he was and how he sucked it up with the fractured left shoulder, the torn labrum, because he did. I mean, he manned up and he played. And a lot of people are like, oh, well, it wasn't his throwing shoulder. Well, you try throwing a ball without being able to use your left shoulder. And uh, some as someone who's had that replaced, I know what it's like to do anything like that. So I felt bad for him, but it's just very telling that none did it. And then on top of what Mortensen reported about the adult in the room. So I think there's things behind the scenes. Maybe NFL teams know that we don't. Remember when uh, Odell Beckham Jr.'s dad put yes. that out, blasting Mayfield because he wasn't throwing the ball. Nobody defended him on that. But still, you know, the guy can play when he's healthy. He showed that twice in four years, and there's some bad quarterbacks in the NFL right now. As your original question, Jonathan, was – could there be a team out there, a surprise team that's interested in him? I would think yes. I would think any team that needs a quarterback. Would New Orleans be better off with Jameis Winston or Baker Mayfield? Give me Baker Mayfield over Jameis Winston. Well, if, if you know, if it hits the fan in Arizona, I, I, I threw at Arizona earlier. Uh, if Kingsbury's trying to keep his job, I would much rather go with Baker than a rookie right now or Colt McCoy, who is currently the, the backup for Kyler Murray. Again, we're looking a little bit down the road, but the draft, uh, the, the 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 bargaining chips for the draft this year are coming up a week from Thursday. Uh, John, with that in mind, uh, more contract extension talk here. Four wide receivers at the at the helm of the next tier of guys below what we've seen from Devontae Adams uh, and, and Tyreek Hill and the money they received a couple of weeks ago. Uh, A.J. Brown, Terry McLaurin, Debo Samuel, D.K. Metcalf. What do you make of that group of player uh, saying, hey, it, it, we're now eligible for extensions. It's time to, to get to the bargaining table. Of that group, who has the best case? Boy, as someone who sees A.J. Brown towards the Texans twice a year, I would say Brown. You know, I see the others. I see uh, McLaurin the least. You have to look at the quarterbacks. You look at Terry Kill, who he played with, Devontae Adams, who he played with. If any of those guys had played with Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers, I think that they would have uh, the same kind of statistics because they're all great receivers. Now, Debo Samuel, he's different. He's also a running back. So they're going to get paid. It's just a matter of when. And I don't blame them wanting a bigger piece of the pie because they've earned it. 
Yeah, and you know, I, I look around, and I brought this up yesterday. Of the four, which team is willing to go to the bargaining table and, and negotiate now versus wait a year? Um, A.J. Brown's case, he doesn't have a fifth-year option, right? I, I'm, I, I bring this up because you, I, I wouldn't want to be team number three or number four reacting or having to negotiate against other contracts. Who knows? Maybe one of these teams gives one of these four guys a Christian Kirk-like contract that Jacksonville just handed out. Um, and, and then again, that that type of that type of deal resets the market of who you're negotiating for and who you're negotiating against. Uh, I, I'd be curious of how they these front offices treat this now. And more more internet. They understand they're not going. We have more issues. No, go ahead, John. You're there. Sorry, guys. Okay, sorry. Uh, Terry McLaurin, I think he was third-round pick, Brown's second-round pick, Metcalf. Those guys, I think they'll get it because they can't pick up that fifth-year option. So I would say Brown uh, or McLaurin, but you want to be the team that does it first, not the one who waits, and they've set the benchmark for that foursome. Now, the 49ers, they make sure to take care of their guys. They understand how much Samuel means to them. As a runner and as a receiver, it wouldn't surprise me if he's not first. John, uh, I'm wondering when you look at um, a guy like Ben McAdoo, new coordinator in Carolina, inherits Sam Darnold. Obviously not in a great situation. We've heard coaches say this all the time about players that aren't very good. How hard do you think he has to swallow to say uh, that Sam Darnold still has some magic left in him? Or is it easy because he, he has to have bought into that? He's just be glad to have another offensive coordinator job. Yeah, he did a good job as a coordinator. He was a terrible head coach. Talon had something to do with that. But to me, they've got to support Darnold. And if they draft a quarterback, all the fans are going to want him to play. But Darnold's still going to be the guy until he isn't. And it shouldn't take long. But everybody has them taking one of those quarterbacks. The worst thing they can do is take a quarterback sixth who's not ready to play, say, the first two years. You know, if you don't have somebody you think could step in at least by the second year, then stick with what you got and wait till next year when it's going to be so much better for the crop of quarterbacks coming into the NFL than it is this year. But McAdoo said he's a starter. Oops, I shouldn't have said that. The bottom line is he's got to support Darnold. It's being put out there at NFL Network, Peter Schrager, Uh, Good Morning Football says that he's been told through Jacksonville that they have not made up their mind on who's going to be the number one overall pick a week from Thursday. Number one, do you believe that? Number two, if that's true, what does that say about Jacksonville at this stage? Well, first of all, it doesn't say anything we don't know about the Jaguars, no matter who's (laughs) running the show, and that's general manager Trent Baalke. A bunch of people have him taken now Trayvon Walker, defensive end slash defensive tackle from Georgia. If you base it on what he did in college, you wouldn't do that. His stock has risen since the season ended, and people are coming up with all kinds of different ways to justify. Well, he played inside, he played outside. He dropped into coverage, but, man, he looked great at the combine, the pro day. That reminds me of Mario Williams, and Mario Williams became a double-digit sack guy for Houston and Buffalo, but you have to be careful about a guy who skyrockets in his shorts and T-shirts 
Aiden Hutchinson, he's the safe pick. Give me Aiden Hutchinson any day of the week. I guarantee you Detroit at two is praying that the Jaguars take Drayvon Walker because they want Aiden Hutchinson to stay in Michigan. And if both of them passed on him, it would take the Texans about two seconds to take Hutchinson. Detroit picks two and 32. Are you believing them when they say they're not leaning quarterback at either selection? Well, first of all, they'd be stupid to take a quarterback number two in this group. Then what happens if they're bad next year and you have a much better quarterback crop than you do this year? Bottom of the first round, some people haven't taken Matt Corral from Ole Miss. Maybe, maybe they do that. Desmond Ritter's there from Cincinnati. Maybe they'll do it. No way they take a quarterback at number two. I Yeah, Um the only, the best argument I, I heard for it is number well, it was aside from it being Detroit, was they if they want Malik Willis, and they fear that he's going number six. This is not the draft to trade back a couple spots because no one is moving up to go after a guy, um, and so you would draft your quarterback there at number two. That that's again just the best argument I've heard for it. I wouldn't pull the trigger there either at number two. Uh, but I, I would draft a quarterback in the first round because we, we've already heard from Dan Campbell midway through last season, he was challenging Jared Goff to be a leader. Like halfway through his first year as head coach, uh, he's talking about these guys that are, you know, knee biters or ankle biters or whatever he said. And halfway he through, can't. he's already determined his quarterback's not that guy to me. And he said, you don't need to have an elite guy to win. That was him speaking the truth. So I, <laughs> I, I think they've got to draft a quarterback in the first round given the fact that they have two selections and where the quarterbacks are ranked, bottom of the first round, they're a good spot to get a guy. But not at number two. Although if no. they think that Malik Willis is worth six or seven, take him number two. Don't wait and try to get Matt Corral at the bottom of the first round. I, I, I said yesterday, this, this is a draft that lacks that, that pizzazz, that drama going into it. There, a lot of people, a lot of eyeballs are going to be on this a week from Thursday. I, I'm standing here, I'm, I'm raising my hand saying I will be there and we'll be covering it greatly and giving great reaction. But I, I, over the next 10 days or so, there will be some manufactured drama come out of ESPN simply because they've got to do it. They, they have a TV show to put on. Help, help us differentiate between what's real and what's fake right now and what you're hearing. Well, nobody knows because things are put out by a lot of teams using media. It happens every year. It's the second oldest profession is using the media to put stuff out at different times, but especially about the draft. Like uh, these people putting out, oh, Detroit's going to take, I mean, Jacksonville's going to take Trayvon Walker over Aiden Hutchinson. That could be the team's open. They'll go, oh, yeah, well, maybe we should take Trayvon Walker. What have we been missing here? And I think that intrigue is what makes it interesting. It creates buzz. People are trying so hard to manufacture interest in a group of quarterbacks that was considered mediocre after the season. But because they have been impressive in shorts and a T-shirt, with nobody rushing them, nobody covering the receiver, there seems to be a buzz. I'll say this. If I were taking a quarterback, I'd take Malik Willis first and Kenny Pickett second. And I would take Willis with understanding, as Kansas City did with Patrick Mahomes, let him wait a year and play at the end of the year. 
because he needs time to develop. What's the worst or attempted worst you've been used or attempted to be used for misinformation pre-draft? Well, I didn't mind. I didn't mind people, general managers using me if I got something out of it. And uh, I remember one time, Oilers GM Mike Olivac telling me that he was going to draft uh, Steve Wisniewski from Penn State. They needed an offensive lineman. So I put him in the mock draft. Next day, they took David Williams from Florida, uh, left tackle. And I said, what happened? He said, well, I did something I'm never going to do again. And the cross scouting, <laughs> they all fell in love with uh, David Williams. And so I went with him. And Wisniewski had a lot better career, lot better. but he didn't really use me. Uh, he admitted what happened, but that was one I was really upset about, especially since my competition at the old Houston Post had him taking David Williams in his mock draft. John's mock draft's always spot on. He does like 50 of them. Are you doing but- one? I This year, I can safely say I will not miss one pick <laughs> because now that I've retired from the Chronicle, the Chronicle's doing them, and I'm not a thought about doing one on Twitter. And I'm, I've always told myself, my goodness, this is such a, uh, something that gets so frustrating. So I'm not doing one for the first time since the late 70s. John McClain has been with our show for over a decade, and he joins us weekly on OutKick 360. John, thank you as always. We'll catch up next week. Big draft preview. There will always be headlines with the draft. We'll hit those with you next week. Thanks. Jonathan Paul, Chad Lack, thank you guys very much as always. Every Tuesday. I'll always remember Aditi's name. Every today, Tuesday. Thank you for that. At 4 o'clock Eastern, hey, 3 o'clock Central. John Austin McClain. Hooper also defended Baker Mayfield. Found someone else who defended him. There you him. go. With his name on Everyone it. in that building believes in him. Austin Hooper. The Titans got themselves a brave guy. No what matter where you stand with anything, anybody, you can't ever question no. Bake's toughness. What did he say? Everyone in that Everyone building? Everyone in this building believes in him. Austin Hooper defended him by saying that. Yeah. That's that's not true. <laughs> that's, clearly, that's not true. There are clearly this people locker in the front room office part who of the did, building. Not, did not believe this, in Everyone him. in this locker room <laughs> section of this building. When I say building, I mean these four walls that we get dressed he, in every day. Was he technically a Brown when he said that? Yeah, it was in December. Maybe, maybe. And, and the Browns did not choose to offer him a contract to stay. Maybe the locker room's <laughs> detached from the rest of the building. Well, the Browns, the, the Browns did better at quarterback. This Absolutely. is Absolutely. OutKick 360. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. From 6th and Peabody, Outkick360 rolls on. Follow us on Twitter. You can weigh in there. You can also join Chad in the chat on YouTube. Search out Outkick360. Chad in the chat. You got it. And certainly uh, let the uh, radio stations, the great stations across the network that you're listening to the show on know that you are tuned in to 360 each day starting at 2 o'clock Central, 3 o'clock Eastern. Chad, uh, we've got Kyrie Irving 
um, who we get to see the rivalry continue now. So if you if you ever wondered what the NBA thought financially of just F-bombing and cursing for an entire game to an opponent yep. and to the bench and post-game doing that, you know that that value is now $30,000. That's what Patrick Beverly got fined for the play-in game against Minnesota. If you ever want to know what a double bird pointed to the direction of a crowd in game. mixed with profanity in-game, profanity post-game in the tunnel, and profanity with the media after the, ga- after the game is valued, it's a $20,000 difference. So the double bird, because everything else was the same, the double bird cost Kyrie Irving fifty grand, where just excessive profanity cost Patrick Beverly thirty grand. That is the fine coming down from the NBA. Fifty grand. Bill Simmons noted Celtics Homer Weiner, the whiniest Boston fan of all Boston fans, which is really an accomplishment, said that Kyrie Irving is the biggest Celtics rival since he went all the way back to Bill Lane Beer. Wow. He is definitely an instigator. I mean, a guy, well, Bill Embiid never played for the Celtics, but the, you mix in that he played there, they loved him, that he was thinking about staying long-term and bolted. He, I mean, I, I don't look at it in that big of a sense, but I guess, I mean, Bill Simmons knows more about Celtics lore than I, I do. I'm telling you, I, I think as much as I, I like love it. I feel like you could it, do a gim- like good I, imitation of him. I, I love it, right? I, I like the back and forth. We... we we did see Russell Will, uh, Russell Westbrook, what was it, last year or the year prior? was a year prior, maybe 2019, with the popcorn dumped on his head. You had Trey Young, who was spat upon at the Garden in New York. Um, and now you've got Kyrie responding. Like the, honestly, the double bird is tame compared to what's on camera. Like He's walking to the locker room, and you've got the VIP area fans that are like, Kyrie, you suck! And then his, he turns around, and it's, he does more than say F you. Yeah, he does. Um, well, the it, spit on was the other direction. The, the Trey Young was a victim. Here, you you would argue not that there's a victim, but, but I, I'm he's saying, giving the bird to the fan. I'm saying though, the players responding in this manner, I you'd like it. It juices things I, I, up. For it you. juices things up. It's also going. I mean, the drunk fan in response to the player that's shouting "f you" back to him is going to respond at some point. Well, there's going to be, a and then the media is going to play the NBA and Kyrie, and honestly, it's been glorified this week. It so has. Pick a side one way or the other. Headlines yep. next on Outkick 360. I'm anti-Celtic.